Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. Today, I have a special guest, good friend, Giselle Leo. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, Giselle, it's been a long time since we last spoke. What was it, since high school? Well, we've been keeping in touch through Instagram, but to have this conversation face-to-face, you know, it hasn't been like that since uh, Writer's Craft, I think. Yeah, it's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a minute. Oh, my God. Writer's Craft. I think I don't know if, if you can agree, but that was probably my favorite course. Yes. In terms of expression and just like freedom to think and free therapy, that's what it was. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, uh, we had great times. Um, we were joking around before the podcast. You were harassing me. Um, not in the literal sense. You was just, you know, bugging me. Um, but it was a fun time. You know, um, it honestly, what kept uh, things interesting, <laughs> kept the class going. Um, but it allowed us to think freely instead of always critically. And that's something why I enjoyed uh, Writer's Craft so much. Um, It served a lot for me, you know, as a creative individual uh, into now my profession as a writer director, as someone that's operating their own production company. Um, Would you say the same for yourself? Did it serve you uh, for the better? I think it helped with my communication skills, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Being able to construct a story, even though it was an open, free-form kind of class, you still have to know how to communicate your story, how to structure it, and how to grasp the audience's attention, right, without being astray. So I think it helped me in my career that way, and like all my pursuits in the sense that what I'm doing right now, you have to be a storyteller in a way. Yes. So that definitely laid some foundation for a lot of my accolades. Yeah, that, that was well said. That's exactly how I, how I saw the, um, the course and how it served me. Um, communication skills were just dying. <laughs> I, I was not doing well um, communicating myself written or orally. Um, so the fact that we had that course that allowed us, again, to not judge us um, so much based on a criteria or rubric. Um, I really, from my fondest memories, can remember just allowing us to tell stories, like you said. And that's something that I specialize in. That's something I see myself doing for a living. Um, and I shared a lot with you about my ambitions. Or did I? I can't remember when I was 17. Was I that open about my future endeavors? <laughs> Not really. I would not expect you to have been doing what you're doing now, to be honest. Okay, that's awesome. That makes me feel good because that's what I'm trying to show is like trying to inspire everybody that grew up with me that uh, it's possible. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so getting back to, um, you know, that subject, uh, we share the same affinity for it, um, even though it was, we can agree, at least it was probably like the most eventful time in an unforgettable (laughs) high school experience (laughs) would you agree on that yeah (laughs) yeah our high school is very interesting really a lot of amazing folks there a lot of amazing folks and you just look at the generation now right and you're probably thinking wow we thought we had it bad or things were absurd you know yeah like I wish when we were in high school we cared more about the climate because that's really pressing issue yeah no for sure yeah there's so many issues like to yeah, so many things that are prevalent, but uh, nevertheless, you know, we're, we're just at the end of the day, kids trying to make their way, <laughs> at least I am, <laughs> but um, we'll, we'll circle back on that. But uh, upon our conversations that led up to this podcast, uh, we discussed many of our interests and our ventures that we're currently seeking. Um, so I want to know from you, like, what profession are you currently pursuing in your career? Uh, and is this something you're fully passionate about? 
currently, right now, I can't tell you the exact job title. I'm not one of those folks that's like, I want to be the CEO, the president <laughs> of like this organization. I'm going to yeah, be like yeah, yeah. This giant, like own this giant business. No, I'm going to be quite honest at this point of my career. I just want to do something that utilizes what I enjoy doing along with what challenges me. So for instance, I want a career that utilizes data analytics, but mm -hmm. also intersects like my finance and investment acumen mm -hmm. with technology. Like okay. it's, I like to picture it as like a three Venn diagram where it's like finance, data analytics, technology, find the intersection there. Yeah, so. no, I can highly relate to that actually. Like, get me, like tell me if I'm wrong here, but for my production company, like how I set it up is like, there's film, there's music videos, there's clothing like the fashion sense, but it's kind of like under one umbrella. Is that kind of how you're articulating it? Yeah. And they all have something in common and that's right. what's important for you. At, again, correct me if I'm wrong for you, what aligns all of them is your creative pursuits in each one. Yes. Right. Yes. Like you cannot, I personally think you cannot do fashion without being somewhat creative. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a creative outlet, as I, as I like to say, because some people ask me, they're like, why do you have a clothing line? And why are you doing these dance music videos? You're going to see a lot more of those. Um, because it comes back to uh, me being creative, right? Like me just having to scratch that itch, as they say. And creativity knows no bounds, as I always say, like, I am a huge advocate of that. You can be creative in any aspect that you choose, or you can kind of develop like this podcast as an example, it requires very minimal editing. But the fact that I'm having this conversation with you, the storytelling that takes place, that unfolds at the end of this hour, that's story, that's creativity, I mean. And anything to encapsulate um, that vision, exactly what you said. Yeah, it's, it's, it's making sure everything aligns. So I'm really happy you illustrated that for us the, with the whole Venn diagram uh, situation, <laughs> um, because I'm not too familiar with data analytics. And personally, I, I don't think I've ever, <laughs> ever would like kind of uh, lean towards that. I remember studying that in, in business school. Um, but you were mentioning how it is a creative uh, pursuit for yourself. Can you explain that more? Yeah, so it's creative in the sense that you have to know what you're doing with the numbers. You have to basically, at the end of the day, take these numbers and turn it into a story. The other week I had a task where I had to take numbers and put it onto a slideshow, which is basically what I did my entire last year. Right. Uh, my program, like my uh, school program. So again, you have to find a way to say to stakeholders, hey, these are our numbers and this is what it means. And this is what, for instance, is going to lead us somewhere, right? So you're, right. again, you're constructing the introduction, right? Here are the stats, here are the current stats. You're gonna get to the climax, right? Which is, you know, this is our actual sales today or X, Y, and Z. Right. Then you get to the downfall, which is like, oh no, we're not doing so well. But then you come back like a story Got and you. say, you know, hey, but this is how we can make it better. So that's how I try to turn data analytics into my creative feat. But also just, I like playing with numbers. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's great. And to each his own. That's what I share all the time on the podcast. That's why I'm an advocate of is, you know, doing something that you love, you're passionate about. That's why I asked you, like, as long as what you're doing, you're passionate about, right? Because I don't want you like burning out, dying out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um this is something that uh, you found to be your calling, like something that you clearly enjoy um, and you're making the best of it. Um, and the fact that you were able to kind of interpret it uh, as a creative venture is, is fascinating to me. You know, like 
I thought it was very, I'll be honest, black and white, uh, no complexity to it. When I think data analytics, I think of just reading numbers on a spreadsheet, but you're explaining that there's more of a process to it. And that's how your brain is structured, right? Like you view it as a setup, a payoff, a climax, um, and then reverse engineering that, right? On, on steps to improve or where you went wrong. And that's exactly um, what I do, right? Uh, for film or editing or any, any kind of creative pursuit. Um, so I, I love that we can kind of lay it on that level. That's why I try to bring on people from different fields, like entrepreneurs and people in tech. I just had an animator on, um, because it's not everything kind of can serve, um, under that idea that we're all creative individuals in our own right. So really cool. Uh, so yeah, so as someone who's considered, uh, by traditional societal standards to be, you know, I wouldn't say old, but like, I think of fashion, it's we should start thinking about is what I'm doing worth persevering through, right? Because yes, there are going to sure. be times when I don't like what I'm doing. I don't like what the numbers are showing me, but it's about persevering through that as much as I'm passionate about it. Well, the thing, well, yeah, you're exactly right. And that's where discipline comes in, right? Like that, like there are times people ask me, oh, how do you edit? Or like, how do you, you know, <laughs> spend so many hours at the computer? Um, especially my family, they'll say like, aren't you tired? Don't you need a break? And it's a grueling process, I'll be honest. But the end result's always worth it for me. Um, that's something I strive towards. Um, like it's still work. It's just not work if I were doing something, maybe what you're doing, or if I was in accounting. Um, so do you? Would you say the same for yourself? Like, are you still passionate about it, or do you're saying like, you, you do you view passion as a different sense? Like, it's something that you just have to obtain yourself. I feel like passion is something that it requires self-discipline, like you right. said, right? Like it's about being and enjoying like all the hard work you put into it. So similar to like when you're editing, right? Yeah. You have to toll away at these like small like nuances, but at the end of the day, when you get your final video, when you get your final like piece of clothing shipped to you, you're like, wow, I did this. Yeah. So it's a passion that fuels the perseverance. The creative expression. Yeah. It's worth it. I'm telling you, <laughs> I tell people all the time, it, it is worth it, you know? Um, but to each his own, right? Like everyone has it differently. Like my sister for tells me all the time, I don't know how you do it sitting in a room writing all day. Like that's not me. And I said, yeah, I'm like, but she's into fashion, right? Like she's into dance. That's her uh, expression of creativity. Right. So everyone's kind of different. Um, I just like that. We acknowledge that. Um, so I remember like upon our conversations, you were saying something how, you switched careers or you used to be doing something prior. Um, and I wanted to know, like at your point in your life, like by societal standards, like to have the courage, the bravery to do that, um, what kind of, what kind of led to that decision? So basically, um, if we started back from the beginning, I yeah. did my undergrad in sociology. So four years, sociology, I really wanted to be a social worker or a lawyer. Um, but then when I graduated, I started working at an equity hedge fund, which was an amazing experience, but it was so scary because I did not come from a finance background. Right. I was very green in the industry. Um, so when I was working there, I realized, and again, they're an amazing organization. I had the best like four years of my life. Yeah. But I realized when I was working there that there was a lot of technologies that they needed to use and adapt to. Um, and I wanted to do more projects, but unfortunately they um, 
didn't have the capacity at the moment. So I decided, you know what, especially with COVID, um, I want to go back to school and actually just try to pursue a hobby that I took on while I was working there. So while I was working there, one of my hobbies was um, like programming. Okay. So I would get data sets from Kaggle, like free data sets. Oh, wow. And I would try to make charts. I would try to um, kind of like skim through the data, try to make my own slideshows about things. And then because I worked um, at the hedge fund, I also played around with like stock data um, just for myself. Right. Um, I can't get financial advice. I'm not an advisor, I'm not certified. I don't have my CFA. Like, <laughs> but it was just one of those things where it's like when I'm doing it so much after work and on the weekend, I might as well try it out. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm so happy you had the courage to try it out. Like you're not intimidated by, because a lot of people, again, like we were going back to discipline and what, how do you define passion? It's like, uh, people don't realize you don't wake up in the morning always and say, I want to do this. I know for myself, I, I can't say that, believe it or not, when I want to edit, like there are some edits, it's like, yeah, I can't wait. Cause I'm on a roll. Like I have that flow going on. But uh, most of the times it's like, oh, it's like, <laughs> you're just like dragging yourself to the chair. But the important thing is you're showing up. You know what I mean? Like you're just sitting down and you're like ready to learn. Um, and there's going to be hiccups, you know, there's going to be that first hour or so where you're just like looking at the ceiling. Um, like this last video I just did. Um, <laughs> it took me like literally five hours to get to a good creative flow um, to find the voice of it. That's because I started from scratch. And my mother always has, you know, wise advice. She tells me uh, that's because you just started the video. But now that you started it, um, the days are just going to go by quickly. And it, she was right. So even though I've been doing it for the last, you know, I don't know how many years or close to a decade, I still have those days where it's new to me, <laughs> where it's mm -hmm. like, I'm not, I'm, I'm familiar with the process. Like, oh my God, why do I feel this fear? Or why do I feel, you know, this hesitation, right? So credit to you, like, yeah, that you, you went above and beyond and like learned for yourself some, a new skill set. And it's good for you too, especially as you mentioned, like society standard, right? Like yes. switching careers at a later age is kind of frowned upon. Like even my parents, as much as I love them, they were kind of bewildered. They were like, oh, no, but you I already finished your degree. Like, yeah, why do yeah. you want to go for another? Why are you wasting time? As they say, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you could just work now. And it's like, well, no, I want to focus on my craft. And I'm sure you've probably gone through the same. Oh, hundred percent. Like that was, a, that's the story of my life. That's why I'm, I'm so fired up and like, I want to continue. Cause I feel like now I'm in this flow. Um, there's ups and downs. Don't get me wrong. Who knows? <laughs> you get a call from me one day, like yeah, I'm stuck here. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's just been a grueling like process. Um, but I had to be a fighter. Um, and we were talking before the podcast, how you always saw me as like a quiet individual. And I was, you know, I was always, I still am uh, to some degree. I'm very, um, you know, observant and I'm just kind of reserved, like in the shadows, but there are times I've grown out of that character because I had to be, um, I've developed this sense where I need to express who I am and I need to fight for what I want because there was a long, a most part of my life, I was kind of living other people's lives. You know, um, I don't regret any decision I made. Like I pursued marketing at Ryerson. That's something I want to do. And that's something I carry to this day, like in my profession and my business, but, uh, an example, like, you know, when my high school teacher was encouraging me to go to graphic design, you know, because I have an eye or I have a marketing talent or whatever have you. And I'm in the mindset of my parents, like, oh, I got to, you know, get a good job. So it pays me well. Like, that's how I was speaking at 17. 
Mm-hmm. And if you were to ask me like now how the mindset, it's like, I don't have that same um, attitude, you know, like, I don't see it that way. I actually encourage people that if you really, cause the way I look at it is like, yeah, you're, you're fine now, or you're content. Like it's satisfying now because you can pay the bills. You can get the house, you can get the mortgage, but I always assess, I always look at my parents and my grandparents for reference because people our age don't realize that, that life is that long. Like people will say life is short. It goes by in a minute. And I'm like, it, 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 it is, <laughs> you know what I mean? But God, God bless you. What if you do have like a good 90 years? Like, are, how are you going to look back at your life? Like, are you going to have regret? Are you going to be angry for the rest of it? Um, so that kind of notion uh, has really been like the stepping stones um, into making these decisions as a filmmaker. Yeah, even with lockdown recently, right? It's like you, for me, when lockdown happened, I was like, oh my gosh, there were all these places I wanted to go. Like I should have gone there before the lockdown. And right? kind of, it's yeah. it's kind of the same feeling yeah. a little bit. It's not the same as aging, but we still had to reflect on all the things we didn't do, right? You no, know, exactly. And I love that you brought that up. I remember uh, just before the pandemic uh, for my 25th birthday, I did a solo trip to California and everyone was against it. Like, why would you go? Like, what the hell? Like, that's weird, whatever. Everyone had an opinion. And I just said, I have to do this because A, the people I want to go with always keep bailing. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, no, I'm serious. Like those yeah, friends. It happens. It happens, but like, you know what? Reassess my life. Those friends don't need whatever, right? I'm going to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And good thing I did because I got to experience uh, a landmark for me uh, in the industry. It's Tarantino is my hero. If you've been listening to this podcast <laughs> thus far, Tarantino, I'm obsessed with him. So uh, he, he loves the Cinerama Dome and shot uh, many sequences there once upon a time in Hollywood. Point is, is that it's a cultural icon in the industry. And um, I got an opportunity to watch like two or three uh, films, um, Lawrence of Arabia to Mad Mad World, like four hour epics um, in this theater. And they had did a whole premiere gala and whatever have you. And my point being is that when the pandemic hit, it's out of business. It's permanently closed. When I went to Los Angeles last, they completely shut it down. And I said, wow, I would have missed that opportunity if I didn't take a chance, if I didn't believe in myself to go on a solo trip and, you know, not listen to anybody's opinions, you know? So like you said, back to the point, it's like the pandemic, I don't know about you, was a huge eye opener. It allowed me to catch up on the things that mattered to me. If it wasn't for the pandemic, I don't even know if I'd be here right now talking to you, I'll be honest. Um, I think I'd be on the way to the career, but it wouldn't be at this point. I think it would be take much more time because I was in a very dark place um, in 2019. But, um, you know, through the support of my family, my friends, and like, you know, just the conviction really within myself, uh, I utilize the pandemic to my advantage. Would you say the same for yourself? Yeah, again, if it wasn't for the pandemic and making me reflect on like, I wish I'd done this, I would have never thought I wish I tried going back to school, mm-hmm. right? Because I was content, I had a great job, I was um, on my way to like, you know, the American dream, white picket fence. Oh, really? Kind of- like you were moving up, eh? Fast? Nice. Yeah, like I wanted to like um, leave my parents' place like ASAP. So, um, yeah. It all changed. It all changed. I mean, I still live on my own, but I'm glad I'm living on my own, doing something I thought I couldn't do, especially, I think you said it before, one of our, your teachers, our teachers wanted you to go to graphic design. I failed math. I failed grade 10 math. Wow. You failed it? Oh my God. I almost failed. failed. I, I, I thought I was terrible at math, but now my job is 
and I want that's wild these statistics yeah I'm not too crazy about like our education system between you and me there were for every like one good teacher there was a hundred like <laughs> useless people yeah and our guidance counselors are all under a lot of stress they're they can't help guide guide like hundreds of students so I get it yeah. yes and no like I, I believe if you really care about your job like in the like invest in the student like if a student comes out of their way to like talk to you about like their future like yeah. that's their job you know what I mean yeah but like I don't know I think that like for instance I wish I had more guidance because I was actually it's weird I was really good at math like as a kid got to high school didn't do so well in it for some reason now I'm back it's weird Life is Listen, you don't have to explain. And there were some, by the way, great guidance counselors that helped me um, yeah. in high school. So like, that's what I mean. Like, they're not all bad. I'm just saying is, you know, I just, when you find a good teacher or someone that really believes in you, like, hang on, you know, um, yeah. because it, it's very hard to come by. Um, a lot of people, like you said, uh, I, I know you say they're under a lot of pressure, but there was no pressure. It's just how much are you willing to help the child, right? Because when you look back, like we were minors. We didn't had no idea what was going on in the world and how to navigate it. Now they're introducing this uh, subject about teaching financial literacy to uh, elementary school students. Like that's important to me, you know, like that's stuff that we need to educate students, not bullshit. Like make sure you come to, you know, art and science class and uh, learn about planets and stuff like that's great and all, but what are the fundamentals that we can actually survive on, you know, like practical sense, you know, there needs to be a balance. So I can go on about it, uh, but that's just my opinion, right? Um, at the end of the day. Um, but I think we had like, yeah, similar experience on, you know, coming up. And um, like for me, math, just trash. Like I just, I did decent, like 70s, yeah. but could not understand it for the life of me. Because again, I'm creative. So math numbers to me make me nauseous, like that it's just one answer, you know? Because me, it's like, there's so many different possibilities, right? as my my whole uh, career path is is unformulaic so <laughs> math to me is not uh in my cards anyway i want to <laughs> get into uh social media okay so you know as an active user on social media i have to grapple with the purpose of the technology as to whether it's uplifting or destroying aspiring creatives um, and we live in a world far more unfamiliar than the one we knew back in high school as we were discussing and i wonder if people still make the same meaningful connections as we did so how has social media served you both personally and professionally? Uh, do you want to start with personally first or professionally? Yeah, yeah. You can go personally first. Um, personally, I think it allowed me to keep connected with folks. Like, okay, great. especially look at our case. I would yes. probably not have spoken to you unless we ran into a coffee shop. Yeah. Or you literally came up on my friend's um, like Instagram story. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like oh oh wait he has a podcast oh my gosh like I just went into like that that tunnel vision of like looking at people's pages that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> I always do like, yeah. as creepy as that sounds I'm so sorry no but, but it's not it's it's only human like everyone does it like you you get lost on someone's page you're like keeping up you're like oh this person knows this person too oh my god he has a mutual follower and you get lost right yeah and I saw you doing like all this, like these interviews. And then I saw the fashion line. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like That's wild. I mean, it, it feels so good hearing it from the other end because I'm some, sometimes in my own head. Um, and I'm like, is anyone really listening or caring? And not that it matters, but like, sometimes it's like, 
what am I doing? Like, is this even like a thing, right? Like, am I just putting out stuff for nonsense? But obviously I've reached some milestones in my life that I can safely say I'm on the right path. Um, and I also have to accept just the artist path. Um, feedback is not instantaneous always, especially what I want to do. It's as a film director, it's going to take uh, years um, to build and cultivate a brand for yourself um, that people can understand your stories. It's not like I can draw something and post it. You know what I mean? Um, but nevertheless, it's no excuse to not keep trying, keep pursuing. I, I personally believe that if you're really dedicated and hardworking and never giving up, it can happen sooner than you think, you know, like it's, it's possible, you know, it, it doesn't have to happen when you're 50 or when you're 60, it can happen even tomorrow. So that's what kind of drives me. But speaking of that, like social media, I just want to touch on that. Like I got a message the other day from same situation, a high school friend. And just saying like, I love what you're doing. Like, you know, uh, it's really cool. I haven't talked to her in like 10 years. And I just thought that was so, so encouraging. You know, isn't that nice social media that, that can do that for us? It's amazing. And if you think about, for instance, even dating apps, right? Like yeah. you're, some people are finding their life partners on these apps. So it's really- They are or they aren't? They are. Yeah, they are. No, there's, yeah. there's so many people like getting married and stuff. And like people were kind of against it. You know how people are like with anything that's new like what the hell dating ass like cringe whatever but it's like the way i look at it you know especially with the, the circumstances of the pandemic if you're always home you know working from home remote you don't have the opportunity to go out like for me i'm always busy like it's no no different than instagram you know there's so many people that slide into the dms <laughs> or like the pictures you know what i mean uh at the end of the day it's a human being <laughs> you know what i mean it's just a means of communication right what's important is that when you meet that person you get off the phone <laughs> uh, <laughs> but <laughs> that's my opinion <laughs> relationship 101 um so yeah professionally how did it serve you um i don't think it served me in the most condition uh, traditional way okay so for instance when i think social media creative a more traditional stance is creating like videos creating content but for me i'm more interested in the usability and analytics analytics of social media so oh, wow. i'm like naturally inquisitive right yeah. i'm very intrigued more by impact how things impact us how they impact others yep. and i just like observing things so i use social media professionally to see companies i'd want to work for or industries i want to work in i'm really into the gaming industry um oh yeah video games i, I like video games. yeah so I, I, like I love i love video do you have a playstation 5 Okay, I don't have money. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry, yes. She is living on her own. I, I, I know. I, all right, I was going to add you on PlayStation. Another time. Um, but I like video games. I'm okay. never probably going to be one of those Twitch streamers as much as I'd love to be one. I don't think I'd ever will. I see you doing something like that, you know, maybe as a side hustle. Yeah. Pay some bills. Maybe. Maybe. But I like to see, for instance, the how people react, right? One of my friends right. has... Like he's a Twitch streamer and I love watching his videos because I love the comment section. I love how people are interacting with him. I like how he's like, you know, getting people to engage. And that's what's really interesting. I would yeah. love to like look at people's like analytics as weird as that sounds. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I love video games. And that's another, again, storytelling outlet, um, creative outlet, if you will. And something I aspire to do as well, be a video game director. Um, very inspired by Last of Us, God of War, like those kinds of narrative driven Horizon Zero Dawn or Forbidden West that just came out. 
Are you familiar with these games? The Last of Us was so good. Oh my god! Right, they're making an HBO yeah, series. Even the second one was really good. Right, but I love video games so much. Like I would love to do that. Like being a credible, established director, like having that power to like just create a story. Yeah. Definitely aspire to that. So really cool that you have that uh, mutual kind of uh, liking uh, towards video games. Um, so you have PlayStation Four, or like what games do you play though? Uh, right now, I'm really into like my Nintendo Switch, as basic as. That oh yeah, 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 no, I no, like no. Valorant. So Pokemon Arceus, Valorant, and I don't have Pokemon Arceus. Oh okay, okay. I still have to get that. Yet to get you'll uh, Scarlet and Violet, right? It's coming out. Scarlet I, version. I think so. Yeah, I haven't. Are you a Pokemon fan? Right now, I'm stuck on Ker- Kirby's like uh, Forgotten Land. Oh my God! I you gotta be a Pokemon Kirby. fan <laughs> fast. <laughs> don't judge me if, uh, you're getting kicked off this podcast only pokemon fan <laughs> really that's a criteria like you have pokemon. to own a business you have to be creative and you have to like pokemon <laughs> i like pokemon <laughs> i was just joking but yeah that's crazy um definitely yeah i see i remember yeah you being a pokemon fan i thought what was it did you get play sword and shield yes yeah yeah. yeah yeah it's just a matter of time but i'm i'm lagging on the video games because i've just been so busy and um i do like video games yeah it's, it's an outlet it's a storytelling outlet i love pokemon uh as you can tell specifically because it's very nostalgic to me like when i play it it reminds it brings me back to my childhood you know and i know it's, it's cliche to say but it's true sorry like it connects people you know what i mean it really does yeah like generations across but i i don't know like i have such a fond i had such a fond childhood i, I had great memories like friends growing up and whatever but um when i played i just it always brings me back to like that time um but they're not like they used to be like those games the games when i was growing up we were growing up like those were those were a challenge like they made those games easy now (laughs) or maybe i'm just older (laughs) but uh sorry what's up you got more experience that's i got more experience maybe that's it just i was like yeah i think you just uh, are pushing 30 so (laughs) it's all good See, I don't, by the way, like on my age, like I don't feel old, you know, like I feel really young. I feel like this is my prime. Like this is like the cusp of something better. Yeah. I think NBA players, right. Their peak is actually in their 27, 28. Yeah. Yeah. Late twenties. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at any successful person, their twenties was most likely their grinding period. You know what I mean? Like their thirties their forties, like that's when they really establish themselves. Um, I'm I'm using obviously the context of my industry. But um, just really with anyone, um, unless you're like following that corporate ladder, um, a lot of people don't really find or secure themselves until they're at least mid thirties. Even in the corporate ladder, like you have like, you know, vice presidents and CEOs that are later, like in age, right? They're not. Yeah, for sure. But not like 25 running the company. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, And it, it's beneficial that way because it brings experience. You don't want someone that is 25, right? Like mm-hmm. I follow Gary Vee a lot and he's like, I'm going to punch someone in the face who says, who says that they're a life coach and they're under 25 or like yeah. 30. And I'm like, it's so true. Like, what do you know? <laughs> what the, what like, do you know at you 22? Have you survived a global financial crisis? I don't think so. Right. But it's yet. like, but you haven't even been through any, like any hardship, like what a heartbreak, you got a breakup. Like you haven't been through anything, you know? It's like, uh, I'll listen to someone that's 40. I only say that because I knew people that were my, like 22, whatever, when I was 22, that were trying to do that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you only do that when you establish yourself and you have credibility. 
you know, no one's going to listen to you because like everyone has inspirational words. Look at me. I have inspirational words, right? But I'm only going to become more credible if I keep showing up, if I keep taking action and I show that it's possible through my actions, right? Mm -hmm. Can't always just talk about it and say, you got to believe in yourself, Giselle. I think like, the biggest career faux pas is assuming that you will be, or you deserve to be, I should say. People think that they deserve to be a CEO at 21. Yeah. Oh my God. 21. Like I didn't know it was 21. I thought it was more 25, but even 21, like just get out of the room. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Honestly. Yeah. Like, and this is what I mean by like back in high school and like, just, I don't know if you had the same experience. Like it's laughable, right? Like we remember how we were like, everyone trying to get into that university and like, everyone's trying to like make money by a certain age. And it's like, no, it doesn't work like that. Um, I've always been a person though, even when, since back, you like when we knew each other, um, that, I always wanted to make money off of something I really loved doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was never passionate about like going to business school because, oh, I'm going to make six figures. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like I always wanted to be proud of like making money for something that I created with my mind. Mm -hmm. So maybe I was different. I was always, I was always the weird one from the bunch, but uh, it's okay. I leverage no, that. That's really down to earth. That's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's similar to you, right? You could have continued this corporate path you were just explaining, right? For sociology yeah. or what you were doing prior, um, but you I chose not to. I think what drove me was, again, impact. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, it's okay. Impact? What do you mean impact? Um, I think that it's very important, I guess, especially as a woman of color, yes. to be in the room, right? I might not be able to be physically on the ground, right? Helping my community sometimes, right? Right. But at least being present at the table is the impact I wanted to do. And I realized that I can't make space for my people unless we are in positions of power as well, right? Very true. Change yourself before you change the world, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like clean up your best before trying to clean up other people's. That's very smart and very wise. And that's exactly it. You know, even for yeah. me, right? It's like I would always when I was, even when I was 17, believe it or not, I, I probably didn't express it as much with you, but close friends or my family, I was like, leave behind a legacy. You know, I would say things like keep the dream alive, like mantras that I follow that are tagline slogans for my brand now. Um, yeah. But it's like, you can only say it for so long, but you have to show, take it into action, like for yourself, what that word means, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? For people to follow it. So what I'm saying is now that I've cultivated this brand and I'm pursuing this passion and I'm inspiring more and more of a network, I'm accumulating all these resources. Now, when I say keep the dream alive, like I just inserted it into one of the videos I did for a client and they spoke the words, like the slogan to my name because it worked into the yeah. whole like monologue because I wrote it for him. It was like beautiful. It was like, that's like, I, I, I got emotional. I was like, I felt the words, you know, for once. Like this is a video I made. I wrote it, I directed it. And now they said those words, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's going to be seen in front of like hundreds of people, venues, right? So it's like, that's what you got to do. You got to change yourself before you can change any, any human being or the world for that matter. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. That's a really cool slogan too. Cause it really resonates with anyone, like whatever you go through in life. Right. It's true. Yeah. Like that, that's why I love it because it's not just film. Like for me, it's film. Like that's what I tell myself every day, but I can apply to anyone. Like keep the dream alive. Like whatever you want to do, keep it alive. Yeah. No matter Everyone what you do. Dreams. Everyone goes to sleep. So sorry. Everyone sleeps, so everyone dreams. 
everyone dreams. Yeah. Everyone, 100%. Right. The problem is, is we wake up. Right. And it's like, are those dreams real or are they not? Um, but yeah, keep the dream alive. Yeah. That's something that um, I always want to be associated with me. Um, and that's why I, I propel it like with my brand. Um, and yeah, uh, like you said, it resonates. Uh, a lot of people uh, love it. Uh, it's very to the point. Um, and I even say it too, like to chipper myself up or like if someone brings me down, <laughs> I keep the dream <laughs> alive. You know what I mean? Because you got it, you know, every day, no matter what you're doing, you know, if, like some days I'll, I'll be, you know, dragging myself to the, to the desk to do work. And I'll just do something that's like for the business or something that's creative. And that's what I mean by keep the dream alive. It's like, you're always doing stuff that's toward the dream, even if it's so small as to like write a sentence, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. And again, as you said, in a world where everyone's kind of telling you, you can't, you have to be the one person in this world that says I can't. Yeah. The, you said it right there. Like I, my whole vision is to disrupt the family tree, as I say. So it's like, you follow the ancestry, you follow everyone. And then it's like, oh, this guy, Daniel, like he just, fucked, he went off the rails. He went to a completely different side. You know what I mean? Um, because for the longest time, just like I was growing up, it's like immigrant family. My parents are from Italy. Like you got to go to work. You got to go, uh, sorry, you got to go to school. You got to go to work. Uh, you got to figure out what you want. RSP, all this shit. And I'm like, I haven't even had a moment to breathe and thought, think about what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and I fought tooth and nail for like where I am now. Um, not so much now. Cause they start to see things coming to light, but wow, it was a journey. Like I had to really like tell people off because yeah. no one else is going to do it for you. You know what I mean? No one's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, you, you got this, like, keep going. You got to do mm -hmm. it for yourself. And it's an ego thing, right? If you fall, you'll be humiliated. But for me, because I s suffer with, I don't want to, I don't like regret. I don't like dealing with that. Um, cause I, I start dwelling and I ponder on thoughts. The last thing I want in my life is to think, what if I did go for that? Where would yeah. I be? Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you gotta, you gotta just fucking do it because before you know it, you're wrapping up your life and you're retired. Then what if? hundred percent. So getting back to, uh, social media, uh, and you know, this probably aligns with what we're talking about. You put a caption in your, uh, Instagram bio saying, stay gold, new levels, new devils. And I want to know what that means to you and how can it inspire us? So stay gold is the OG quote from the outsider. Fortune favors the bold. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially in a world where it seems like everyone's disconnected. Everyone's a bit hard. It's sometimes important right. to kind of just let yourself be soft, let yourself be vulnerable. I think that's what it meant to me when he said that, like yeah. stay gold, stay trying to find the gold in life and the beauty in life yeah um new levels new devils is actually from a podcast so it's called hats off podcast oh wow and i just really liked it it really resonated with me because it just reflects how as we move into new stages we have new temptations we have new um devils right like for instance if you're in a new job and you're in a higher tax bracket right you have more temptations, like you want to spend more, but you have to kind of like bring yourself back. So I think that it's a very humbling quote as well, right? Just trying to 100%. stay on the same level as you were when you were a junior. Yeah. Because that ego could really hurt you. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I have fears myself, right? Like, you know, 
starting over in the sense of like in a different industry or like I'm forced to like go somewhere else, like a different path. Um, and I try to not entertain that thought. Um, but like you said, new levels, new devils, like every time you're going up, progressing in your career, um, in something you even love, right? Like initially, like, I don't know, it's a big fear. Like recently I made this huge kind of job, um, change. And, um, I kind of like took a risk, um, to go with a client that, um, you know, has more promise. Um, but I needed to do that, you know, like I, it wasn't easy. Um, it was easy in the sense, like, I know what's right for me, but it wasn't easy because I don't like quitting. I don't like, um, being on a path, believe it or not, that's unstructured. Um, Mm -hmm. there's, there's a part of me that like, it does keep me alive. Like I like that a little bit of that hustle. Like, you know, you never know what could happen but obviously I'm human. Like, I don't want to be doing that forever. Like always, you know, bouncing around. Um, but I think it's important, right? Because we got to make that decision because you'll never know. And if there's anyone that our heroes or successful people has taught us is you got to make something like a crazy risk, um, along the journey, um, and put in the cards, right. A calculated risk, right. That you, you believe the odds are in your favor. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm so happy that, uh, you have that quote. Um, it's a really nice passage, actually. Uh, stay gold. <laughs> yeah, I remember the outsider. That was fun. Did we read that in high school or elementary? I don't know what grade. You just remember. <laughs> I really want it as a tattoo. Yeah. Do you have tattoos? Huh? You have tattoos? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. I won't ask placements, but I just wanted to know. <laughs> um, awesome. So, like I said earlier, we've known each other since high school. And the last time we had a conversation like this was probably like, you know, grade 12. Um, and there've been a lot of changes and experiences, uh, that have shaped and defined me in the last decade. Uh, and I'm sure as for yourself, um, my twenties has been quite eventful yet challenging, um, because of my dream to become a filmmaker, as I mentioned before. Uh, but I continue to pursue it relentlessly. What have the, what have the experiences that you've endured in the last decade taught you about yourself and the people around you? I think just working in and studying in different fields. So going from sociology to finance to now data analytics, um, just being around so many diverse folks, it really comes down to three things. One was be kind to everyone because you don't know what they're going through. Two, comparison ends with self-compassion. So, you know, just stop comparing myself to everyone I'm meeting because I have to be compassionate. I have to tell myself that, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. Don't let those toxic thoughts get to you, right? And again, the third thing, just being more self-compassionate. Like I love, um, it's being self-compassionate is kind of like um, being healthy, right? Right. Um, toxic people are kind of like McDonald's. You want to <laughs> be around them and you like them, but you know, it's not good for you. So you better stay away. It's so odd. Yeah. yeah. Like that's a, that's a great analogy, actually. Yeah, McDonald's, like, you know, it's bad. You're going to feel like shit after, but it's like that high gives you, you know? You get excited and it's like, oh my gosh, I want more. But at the yeah. end of the day, it's not, you can't have it every day. Well, McDonald's, yeah, not toxic people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, do you remember that? The Promenade Mall? Were you, were you one of those? Oh yeah, I bought so much. One of those McDonald's. fucking degenerates that just <laughs> mouthed the McDonald's. <laughs> the... Read, I don't know who just bought Promenade, but it's so different now, like the mall. 
Oh, is the food court changed? I haven't been. Holy shit, in years. Yeah, I don't even think it's the food court. It's like the stores too inside. Very interesting. Well, it makes sense. Like no one was there. Like it was always dead. Uh, their biggest clientele was high school students. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about that. Anyway, um, but that was that was really well said. You know, um, you know, just the idea of working and uh, you know figuring out the people that you want in your life. Um, that's something that I learned. Um, you kind of read those inspirational quotes the odd time, right? Those memes, like, you know, cut out people that are toxic and like, don't, don't keep people that make you weak. Um, and yeah, as you get older, you start realizing like, yo, like this relationship or this friendship, it's not working out. <laughs> I need to focus on myself. Um, that's yes, something that I would say what taught me is like, you got to focus and you got to love yourself first because no one's going to do it for you. Um, Lots of sorry. Lots of boundaries. Yeah, lots of boundaries. No, it's just like I had this notion, like fair, this romanticized like uh, idea where when I was younger, right? Like you find the right person, like they'll uplift you, and they still can. But I thought it to ex- an extreme, right? Like they can make you realize like your fullest potential, and it's not true. You have to do that first. Um, that person is not going to save you. Uh, you have to save yourself, and that person is an addition to your life. Um, but you can't expect them to have the burden of shaping it. So um, that's just something that I, an epiphany kind of I had um, in the last few years. And yeah, I think it's for the better, right? Because we grow as individuals if we're able to realize what's wrong and how we can act on it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but uh, yeah, before we go, I want to know, like, why do you believe it's so important to start over? And what advice would you give to those who are not brave enough to do so? Um, I think it's so for myself, it's funny because I used to joke with my friends how I enjoyed like the minimalist lifestyle. I want to be able to like, you know, have only the material things that if I had to leave the country next week, I could totally do it. Right. But I think starting over allows you that feeling of escape without actually changing your life entirely. Yeah. So when I think of starting over and going back to school, starting a new career, I kind of think of more a butterfly effect right. where I'm changing shapes, but I'm not changing the core person who I am. Like we talked about earlier, right? right? You always should, I think, do something where things start to align, right? Yeah. Your life could go crazy, but as long as there's like one like linear thing going in, one trend line, you should be, <laughs> yeah. be okay, right? So yeah. I think for those that want to change or want to start over, want to go back to school, want to start that podcast, want to, you know, um, do a career jump, right? Um, if you have the means and the resources, do it. Because to be honest, it's very hard when you don't have a supportive family. Like I'm very fortunate that, you know, my parents were, came around and like my current partner was very supportive right um at the fact that like okay we're not gonna get married yet and it's like yeah thank you for understanding right so if you that is beautiful yeah that is because a lot of people will might be different right and say no this is the time to get married exactly like i'm happy because no one's really pressuring me to have kids when i'm not ready or i don't feel ready that's great um honestly that that's the right mindset to have um I guess because I'm human like we all get caught up in it like I'm sure you had your assessments at being at the age you are 
at the age you are, like, should I be married or have kids or should I be, you know, at a certain point in my career? Mm-hmm. And then I always think back to like, you know, but what keeps me alive? Like what kind of drives me, right? Is it, that it, is it the idea of buying a house? Is it the idea of having a kid? No. Um, and there's some people like not to put shame, like they love that, you know, people my age are getting, you know, married and like, that's, that's what they want to do. Right. Like that to each his own, but mm-hmm. I just don't give a shit about that stuff. Now I might change when I'm 35, maybe 40, maybe next year. But mm-hmm. as long as I'm still like pursuing this passion, like I really want to make this thing happen. Uh, not for anyone, but for myself, you know? And that's how I think people should kind of like look at the, their lives is don't do this because you have to. Again, everyone has different circumstances. I'm very blessed that my parents are supportive and they're allowing me to stay here, <laughs> and like pursue mm-hmm. my dream. And like, I've been through a lot of ups and downs. So I have, I call it like a business incubator in a way <laughs> for entrepreneurs. Um, but I think a, what's important is I, at least I know in my heart that I'm diligently and actively like pursuing the passion, right? And I'm not taking anybody for a ride. So that's how mm-hmm. you avoid like the guilt. And I also think it's a lot of trying to, again, be self-compassionate and honestly ignoring what other people have to say about your life, right? Yeah, because they they got so many issues themselves. Yeah. (laughs) Not not to be rude, but like, let's be honest. Like if I, imagine me like judging you, right? Like just for a second. And then you like flip it around and start attacking me and saying like, what, like, are you perfect? No, I'm not. I got a lot of stuff that I got to resolve and I got to work on. But who am I to like tell you like, oh, why'd you drop out of your career? Like, that's how I look at it, you know? Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, that's a very mature answer. Yeah. So thank you, Giselle. I appreciate that. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing this uh, wonderful journey. I'm so proud of you that you're courageous enough. That's all I always remembered you, to be honest. You're a very outspoken individual. Um, you were very little, but <laughs> you're a fire. Like, you didn't care. You know, you were just like, up and Adam, and uh, I just really appreciate you um, having the courage to share your journey and uh, what you've been through. And I'm excited for you for what's next. Thanks, thanks. I'm proud of you as well. Thank you, uh, thank you. It means a lot to me, actually. Um, I always considered you a good friend and someone that was very genuine. So when mm-hmm. you say that, um, it really touches my heart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We can leave the cheesy stuff for like all. Yeah, time. right. I know. I gotta put in that cheese, you know. Uh, so anyway. Um, Thank you again, everybody, for listening, for coming on the podcast, Giselle, and we'll talk soon.